And so we're going to hear today, and we're going to feel, some of you will feel things, some of you will know things as you hear testimonies, and some of you might see things. We've got people here that actually see things in the spirit and things that are happening, and that's likely to happen again today. So just be ready. As you're listening, you're actively looking and listening, and you will see what the spirit is doing, or you will hear, or you will feel, or you will know. It will be something we discern together. And you go, oh, that feels like that's resonating with me because it's the Spirit of God allowing you to know with discernment that's truth, that's real, that's genuine. So as we're describing encounters today, just be ready. And in Acts 2, what happened afterwards, that all the people that were listening to what and seeing and hearing, they actually said to Peter, what are we supposed to do now? Right? What's, what do we do now? And so he did a very, very long message. <laughs> and he spoke and he spoke. And we won't be having a very, very long message today unless something happens and the Holy Spirit comes on one of you and you stand up and off we go. But at the moment, the message will come through testimony. Okay? And we're going to have a response of worship after that. And we just that's the way today is going to go. And so in Ephesians 5, instructions how to live is the first part of Ephesians 5. And then it gets to the point where Paul is saying, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Isn't that a great word? Say that with me, debauchery. Don't lead to debauchery by getting drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, which is what we have done and will continue to do. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in that framework, I'm going to invite our very first person up. They are excited and maybe a little bit nervous, so give them a warm welcome, all of them. We've got five of them. First of all, Steph. Mon. No, Steph. Mum's coming. All right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Would you welcome Marion? <laughs> Mum's her other daughter. I'm like, hang on, what's going on here? Are you going to be first? Come and stand here. Pop your things there if you'd like. Are you feeling comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Would you like me to give you the microphone or would you like it to put on the stand? Thanks, Simon. Hello. Marion's first. Thanks, Marion. I just want to start by saying thank you, Alex and Paul, for lifting up. Um, is that working? Try this one. I want to say thank you, Alex and um, Alex and Paul, for lifting up our vision of the Father and the King in worship this morning. So thank you. Um, Vision was the word that stood out for me at the conference um, and there are several ways in which it impacted me. Um, <clears throat> firstly, David McGregor spoke of, uh, he was a speaker from New Zealand, um, spoke of vision for the lost and the Gospels are for lost people, a father searching for the lost and Jesus is inviting us into uh, mission to find the lost. <clears throat> And David spoke of the Father's vision uh, as a search and rescue, rescue mission. 
he showed a picture of uh, a rescue ship, a big orange uh, rescue ship that was powerful and purposeful that can go through really tough and um, rough, icebergy type waters. Um, and then he had a picture of a cruise ship. And for me, it was, you know, I shouldn't be on the cruise ship uh, getting my needs met, but I need to be on the rescue ship. And for me, this was, has renewed my vision for, uh, to be part of a church that attracts the lost. And then the second aspect of the vision was that David spoke that about we need to have a vision that was bigger than ourselves and he exposes the leaders um, who are doing kingdom uh, to to people who are doing kingdom work on a scale that is bigger than they can currently imagine uh, with their resources and their giftings. And this might look like you know an evangelist uh, spending time with evangelists of a larger church. And we need not to be afraid to have a vision for big things because God builds big things. And the final aspect of the vision, me, came through our small huddles and it was a personal vision. And we shared our own personal vision um, in small groups. And for me, it was the first time I think I'd articulated it um, in words publicly. Um, And then in our little small groups of three, we listened to the Father for the words that he had for each other. And a woman had a picture of a specific oak tree in um, Sydney, in Fairfield, Sydney, and it actually had a name after a doctor who was famous in the area. And she said that this oak tree was a place of refuge, a safe place. And Pat and I um, had a very similar word several years ago um, about an oak tree and place of refuge as well. But also on the Monday before the conference in our last learning community group, um, Denise said that Pat was an oak tree. So oak trees appeared twice in a week for, for us. Um, so prophetic words are an expression of the future possibilities of God for each of us. And the repetition of these words are important um, and to be noticed as they're God's yes. Yeah. Um, for Pat and I, it's an invitation uh, to have a conversation with the Father about what it looks like for us to be a place of refuge, a safe place, and how do we align our lives with those prophetic words. So God's v- vision for you and me and for YVV is bigger than what we realise. Yeah. God is a creative God. God builds big things. God celebrates in big ways. Fear, lack of trust, worry about money, comfort and denial will limit the big ideas of God for us personally, for YVV and for the kingdom in reaching the lost. And we can dismiss, restrict or deny the bigness of God's desires for our lives and for the church. So God has big ideas. God has big plans. God has big possibilities. And so I'm challenged to change my perspective and to embrace the bigger vision of God for YVV, for the kingdom and for my own life. So how will I respond to God's vision? That's my personal question. 
How good is that? Thank you. That was so well said. Let's welcome up Steph. This is mother and daughter. Isn't this lovely? Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Maz. Right. Uh, so when Di asked um, what did I encounter or experience that um, I felt like the father was wanting YVV to also hear and participate in, just thinking about that question over the last couple of weeks, um, I kind of haven't been able to shift off the concept of leadership, which felt very obvious to me seeing as we were at a leadership conference. But um, one of the things that struck me at the conference was just how many stories and how many testimonies that we heard. Um, it wasn't so much teaching on a topic, but a lot of people sharing their stories. Um, and one of the main themes of all of those stories was leadership. Um, and... I mean this in the most complimentary way to all um, my friends that were there at the conference, but I was just struck by um, the ordinariness of all of us there. Um, and that was something that really resonated with me, particularly in kind of my journey over the last six months, I guess. But just looking around the room and hearing people's stories, um, we're all fairly unremarkable, you know, regular people. Um, it was just that... The commonality that I noticed was that um, each of us had caught an idea or a vision um, or had a conviction or just the strong sense that things are changing and happening um, and that we couldn't shake that feeling. So we were all there because we were responding in some way, even if we didn't know what that looked like. We were just saying, there's something that I can't shake and so I'm, I'm here. Um, and so at the conference, I just felt like I was reminded that um, that's what advancing the kingdom of God looks like on earth. It's catching the vision of the Father and responding um, over and over. Uh, it was really clarifying. Um, I just thought I might finish by sharing a bit of my uh, journey over the last six months because I feel like um, mine is one of very ordinary in some senses, but I feel like I've had massive growth. Um, so I guess prior to this year, the last two years um, from 2020 um, felt like really clear um, moments of preparation. There are a few opportunities that I had um, to participate in things. One of them was Sockham, the School of Kingdom Ministry, which was nine months of um, quite intense training and learning and, um, and soaking myself in things things of the of the kingdom and then there have been a few other things um with small groups where it's really felt like I'm in this season of preparation and so I found myself at the start of this year um I was I'm working three days a week as a kinder teacher and the other two days are a little bit um flexible I'm a research student and as the year kind of I found my feet I sort of found that I had a day spare um, one day was my research things, three days was kinder and I kind of had a day that was a little bit blank. Um, and then uh, Jo um, announced that she would be stepping down from um, being on staff at YVV and on that morning I just had this really strong um, sense of the father telling me that it was time to step up um, and that my spare day was something that I needed to... Um, 
kind of activate almost. So I mulled over that for a little bit. And then um, my lovely sister, Mon, um, threw me under the bus with Di. <laughs> I'd been talking to her about it. I hadn't told anyone. I was mulling it over, taking my time, trying to get all my ducks in a row. And Mon um, completely... Um, went around me, messaged Di saying, oh, Steph's got something exciting that she's thinking about. You better, you better message her. So I sent Di a text saying, I think we might need to have lunch together and catch up, um, which I'm actually I'm grateful to Mon. It was probably the kick that I needed. <laughs> um, and so I met with Di and I just said to Di, I don't really know what this looks like. I don't really know what your needs are, but I really feel like the father is telling me that I have a day free and to offer that to to die and to YVV um, and just I'm saying yes father and I'm saying I'm hearing you and I'm going to stand up um, and since then it's kind of been I don't know how long ago that was but it's been a month or two of you know Di and I figuring this out together and, and things are kind of flowing um, and things are happening and it was just at the conference I just was reminded of yeah I'm very ordinary um, Everybody else there felt very normal, very human, but we're all just listening and we're saying yes and we're responding um, to the Father um, in stepping up and stepping deeper into leadership. So um, I might leave it there and do the next bit later. Yeah, well done. So next is Denise. Let's welcome Denise up. Good, right? How articulate was that? Well done, Steph. Okay. Eat the microphone. Oh, okay. Eat. Right, closer, closer. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, at the leadership closer, conference closer, in the closer. afternoon... Um, David McGregor, the pastor um, at Grace Church in New Zealand, spoke about building his church. He said everyone in his church were rescue boats, going out and bringing people in. People were told straight off <clears throat> this was part of their Christian walk in his church. After being healed and discipled for a while, they went out. And I love that. David said some churches were like cruise ships. On these ships, some people would work, but most were on holiday. This reminded me of a dream I had had several years ago. Um, I have entitled this dream, Res uh, um, Releasing Rescue Boats. Um, in my dream, I was standing on top of a very high waterfall. After a short time of feeling a bit fearful, I jumped, feet first, and the free fall down was amazing. After slipping seamlessly through the surface of the water, I plunged deep, I, I plunged down very deep as I had jumped from a high altitude. As I reached the bottom, I could see a ship. It was a white ship, lit up brightly as all its lights were still on. 
and, and I was wondering what was it doing there. I could see its rescue boats were still attached, tied to the sides of the ship. I instantly knew I needed to release the rescue boats. I untied each knot in the ropes and all the rescue boats floated up to the surface. I woke up and knew this dream was about the church. The biblical understanding of this dream, <coughs> boats, uh, ships, ships mean a church or a ministry. And in this case, it was a ship, so a big church or a big ministry. The entire body of Christ or an individual congregation. Matthew 24, 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. White means righteousness. Matthew 25, 37 to 40. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer them and, and say, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Also, white means ready for harvest. John 4.35 says, um, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? <clears throat> Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white, already white for harvest. Water means the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> refreshing, life, <clears throat> flowing water. Running water means living water in the Hebrew. In the Spirit, in the water. Um, <clears throat> John, um, John 7, 37, <clears throat> or 38, 38 says... He who believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The waterfall means an outpouring of the Spirit. Psalm 42, 7 says, Until the Spirit is poured upon us, no, and, yeah, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And deep suggests that the water is deep. We are to go deeper in the power and the anointing of Holy Spirit. This ship was hidden under a powerful waterfall where no one could see it. Hidden means dead to self. Colossians 3, 3 says, For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God.
Wow. Well done. And I have an activation prayer coming. Oh, look out. <laughs> she's got something to release. Can you see why? Because that, that dream was about releasing. So she's going to do that in a moment. Well done. Let's welcome Patrick. Um, it, it, for me, the conference, uh, it, was, it was powerful. Um, D David McGregor, if you can listen to anything that he says, um, speaks with such clarity and simplicity but power. Um, but, I th but the thing for me uh, was what he didn't say um, that really struck me. And I didn't hear any talk of vineyard values. Um, and um, he really talked about the necessity of growth. I grow bonsai trees for a hobby and the, the dirty secret um, that I have is that they actually grow themselves. If you um, give them the right access to light and water and oxygen and nutrition, um, they, they just grow themselves. They go out, I go out on the bench and they're, oh, look, they're, they're bigger. Um, I don't actually have to do anything. And that's because they're internally organised for growth. That's what they're designed to do. Their, their, um, their, their natural state is growth. And so all I've got to do is just make sure that I give them the conditions to activate their natural state. And they do it all on their own. And he said uh, that so it is with the church. It's the Holy Spirit's will that the church should grow. So it's the natural state of the church, growth. And so he just, just <laughs> structures his people around growth. And the growth is spectacular. I, I think I recall they went and helped this little church that was, they knew they were dying and they, they asked him to come and help them. And they did some structuring. And I think their first, I, I, I could be wrong here and stand to be corrected, but their first Sunday, they had 70 in the congregation or 60. And on their first Sunday of the relaunch, when this church came in under their wing, they had 150 children. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is that, that was right. Does anyone remember that that was at the conference? Yeah. And so lack of growth is a sign that something is wrong. And I think too often in the church we've been, we, we paper over those cracks and say, oh, we're being faithful. But the, the, those two things, they don't, they don't go to get, they're not separated in scripture. Their faithfulness and growth are, are one, one thing. They're not separated. And this... Um, conference stirred me up. I, I said to Marion on the way back, I'm, I'm very, come back very dissatisfied. <laughs> and uh, there was a sort of holy discontent. And um, I think when I, what happened was I went back to the beginning of last year when Di brought the prophetic image of the bridge to nowhere. And I know we've got a few new people here, so I'm, I'm going to just describe it very quickly. It was a bridge in Central America, is that right? And big concrete bridge that then there was a massive flood and it was washed away and the, the end of it was washed away and the river actually changed course. And so there's this bridge above the floodplain, 
It just was broken off and just stopped in the middle of nowhere. And we were asked to see what the Father was um, saying to us about this image. And what I was struck by on that Sunday were two things, and that was how holy most of the interpretations sounded that we brought and just how wrong I thought they were. <laughs> and um, in my mind's eye, as I prayed through that, and I've, I've talked to Diet about this a few times, I, I saw many members of YVV sort of kneeling down on the very end of the bridge with their bottoms in the air, tapping away on the, on the end of the bridge fruitlessly with hammers trying to repair it. Um, and the river was elsewhere. And Jesus was in the river and he was inviting us upstream to new territories. And when I had that impression last year, I thought that the bridge repair was us trying to get YVV back to some remembered past before COVID and the time with Paul Wallace. Um, but after the conference, I'm wondering that if it goes further than that, um, and I'm wondering whether the Father might be saying to us that we're, that if we're putting the effort into trying to make YVV into a vineyard church, that's actually something that John Wimber didn't try to do. Um, I think we should be organising ourselves around the intention that Wimber had when he planted the church. He, didn't, he wasn't trying to make a vineyard church. He didn't have any concept of, a, of that. That's something that we have had handed down to us. He had, a, he had this intention to reach out to people that didn't fit in. Um, and I, I, thought, I think that um, the invitation is to, is to organise ourselves around that intention, not around the results that he got from that intention, because it's the 21st century. And if we do that second thing, if we try and go for the results and imitate what he did, I think we'll make a religion. Um, we'll put an idea of church between us and the Father, between what he's calling us to do. And um, I don't think that David McGregor's done that. I think he's found a way to, to grasp the intention of John Wimber in Christchurch, you know, and... and and, um, and that's because he's um, clearly focused on what the Father is doing. And, um, yeah, it was really, really um, activating, you know, really, yeah, to, to make me think. So that's what I brought back from the conference. Well done. Thank you. Stir it up. <laughs> Do you welcome Harry? Our last one that's sharing another, maybe provoking. Let's and the let's shortest. And the shortest, all right. Because um, I have to start by saying I'm really thankful to my predecessors for telling me David McGregor's name because I'd totally forgotten it. <laughs> Let me just start by saying there is nothing guilt or shame or, or judgmental in what I'm about to say. It was just something that came out of the conference which struck me as a lesson I've learned years ago and one which has just been so valuable in my life. So during the last session, which I think was one of the most powerful sessions of the whole weekend, the whole weekend was great, David McGregor, I remembered his name, who is the, um, he's the Kirk Delaney of New Zealand. 
him and his wife are the senior, senior, senior pastors, directors of the vineyard in New Zealand. And he told this story about his church and how they were planting the church and how inadequate they felt. And they'd been meeting this building in Christchurch for several years, which was ideal for their purposes. They were renting it. And one day the landlord came to them and said, guys, I'm going to sell the building because it's my retirement fund. I would like to give you first refusal. So they looked at their bank account and there was, I was going to say a rude word then, but there was nothing in it. It was empty. But they believed that God wanted to give them or wanted them to have the building. So after much soul searching and prayer, they went to the church and spoke about finances, probably for the first time. And they went through a series of faith leaps and trials, and eventually, through miraculous and um, the generosity of the people in the church, they bought the building. Long story short, he tells it much better than I do because he was more intimately familiar with it. This then moved on, and Kurt got up, I think Kurt got up, and between them, this whole thing morphed into that a lot of churches in Australia and New Zealand, the leaders are afraid to speak about money to their churches, and that there is a demonic activity which is restraining that. And there is a demonic activity across a lot of the churches in Australia and New Zealand, particularly vineyard churches, but not necessarily only, where there is a constraint on financial freedom. And they prayed against that. And I was surprised by the number of leaders and pastors who stood up for prayer. Because I've never had a problem about talking about money, mainly because I've never had very much. <laughs> a number of years ago, I was um, working in Fiji. I'd come back to Australia one weekend a month. And I run a course called Set Free, which is a healing and deliverance ministry. We run it four times a year at Northridge Vineyard. And I just happened to be listening to a sermon by Bill Johnson. And he mentioned Malachi 3. And it's the one that talks about bringing the full tithes into the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. But he didn't really mention that bit. The bit he focused on was that God says, bring it in and I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. And then he goes on to talk about the harvest being full and the devourer being kicked and bumped into touch and, and prosperity. Now, this is not about prosperity, the prosperity gospel. This is about just simple, the theme of Scripture, that a generous heart and a giving heart opens the windows of heaven for the blessing of God to come down. I um, listened to that sermon and we were just about to run a set free, so I sat down and I looked through my bank statement for the last year. And I thought, oh, damn. I thought, oh dear, I've missed a few. So I paid them. Just, you know, couldn't afford it, we just paid them. And gave a bit more. And at that set free meeting, that weekend, we had the most amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit and joy and healing that we have ever had. And I believe it was because I honored what God said. Being generous in the kingdom 
is about releasing the fullness of Father's blessing into the church as a whole, and as churches we need to do it, but as individuals we also need to do it. As we were worshipping, I had a picture. You know those windows that are really high on the ceiling, and you get the handles that you turn to open and close them? God said, here's the handle. You turn it. You open it, or you close it. And I will pour out. We, it's, it's, you know, it's something in us. We open it. We close it. It's not for God to do. It's for us to do. And I think that's a principle that runs through the whole Bible of generosity, of um, God honoring generous people. And that's all I have to say. Thank well you. Well done, Harry. Thank you. Stay there. You just stay here. So, um, just on this one, I wasn't in that session, but the Lord's been speaking to both the elders and me personally as lead pastor about this very thing. And so for Harry to say, this is what I want to share, it's in line with what he's doing with our hearts as a leadership, and it's going to continue to be an invitation to us all. And so personally, I had to repent and confess before the Lord that I was fearful to speak about this because every time there's been anything about money, there is backlash. It's like every time, and it's fierce. It's demonic. It's been holding us down. It's not individuals that are responding. There's something that rises up. And so I've been silent, and I want to say I'm sorry about that. I haven't been doing that purposefully, but I, rep I recognize that's something that he's doing in my heart. And so we had a finance team meeting on Monday, and the first thing we said, I said, is we're going to do a series on generosity. <laughs> and we're going to be teaching some of these things that is going to bring freedom and open the window for us individually and as a church and beyond. How good's that? So... So forgive me for that. We're moving towards, we're on a journey together. You're on it with us. So right now I'm going to invite that team back. Everyone's going to come back and they're going to pray a prayer over us. We're going to receive what the Lord has for us out of what we've heard today. So I would invite you, if you can and would like to, to stand with us and as we do this bit. And then we're going to enter into some response of worship. Oh, do we even need? So we are posturing ourselves again to receive now what we've heard from the Lord that these people have received and they're just going to pray a prayer of release and you take what it is that the Lord's doing for you individually, okay? So we're going to start um, with Denise and the rescue boats and we're going to pass along that way and we are looking for the Holy Spirit to come now and affirm these words for each of us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your saving grace, for your healing and deliverance, for your gifts and how you have equipped each one of us for such a time as this. I also thank, thank you for what you were going to do in us and through us, through your disciples. In the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray the knots and the ropes be undone yes, on these, your rescue boats, yes. and release them in Jesus' name. Surface and be seen 
your light in a dark and desperate world, to go out in love and in the power of Holy Spirit, released out into our families, communities, country, cities, and out into the whole world, that your name may be glorified, Heavenly Father. Being your hands and feet, ears and eyes and voice, rescuing and bringing in the lost, addicted, sick, lonely, oppressed and broken-hearted to be saved, healed and set free. That they too will be equipped and sent out. Lord, protect and keep us, I pray in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, I feel like the Father had an invitation for um, sort of two groups of people, so I'm just going to kind of describe that and then I'll um, pray. Um, So the first group was for people who have caught the vision of the Father or caught an idea or a conviction, but um, over time it's kind of gathered dust and cobwebs and it's um, been pushed away and it hasn't been fulfilled for whatever reason. Um, it was just that sense that there's, you know there's something inside of you that the Father has, has um, given you. It's something that he, he wants you to lead into existence, but it just hasn't quite happened yet. So that was the first group. And the second group is um, if you feel like you haven't caught the vision of the Father, um, you haven't got an idea of what his design for your life might be, or you haven't got a conviction that you're really feeling passionate that he's calling you into. That was the second group. Um, so I'm just going to pray now if, um, if either of those um, are highlighted to you. Yes. Yeah, Holy Spirit, now I just ask that you would come and um, blow the cobwebs um, off the leaders in the room, off their ideas and their their visions that you've given them but have been discounted or pushed aside for whatever reason. I just ask that you would um, reactivate those things and draw them back into the light. I just ask that you would um, really burn them up inside of these people and that they would find no credible reason to ignore them Um, and that you would also just be showing them just what the first response is it doesn't have to be a massive life-changing step but there's just one little step that he might be calling you to do that's the first step towards um, bringing that that vision into existence bringing that that leadership leading something new in so I just ask that the Holy Spirit would come now and rest on those mm-hmm. those visions um, and for people that that don't know what that feels like I just ask that Holy Spirit would come and rest on you now yeah and release words or images um, or people into your mind and he would just be showing you that these are the people, this is the idea, this is the the action that he's calling you into. So I just release new vision over you, YVV, fresh revelation of the Father in your life, whether that's an old vision reawakened or something new. 
And the Holy Spirit's resting on a number of us around here. So stay, lock in, focus on him. This is about what he's releasing to you. If you need to sit, that's okay as well, but just lock in to what he's releasing through this. This is a moment that we're not going to pass through quickly and we won't come back here again. So take what he's giving you for today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against any spiritual forces that work in Dai and the elders to do with finance. I break every spirit of fear, every spirit of fear, every spirit of, of um, this fear of embarrassment, fear of kickback, fear of whatever. I break it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I release these guys yes. to be honest and to speak healthily and well around financial situations and any other situations they need to speak about. And Father, I pray for us as a congregation, as a church, we come against the spiritual forces that would come against us in the area of finance, in the areas of giving, in the areas of generosity, in the areas of, of being free. Yes. And right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command these forces to go in Jesus' name, and never to return. Yes. And Holy Spirit, right now, we just ask that you would come and that you, where these things have had, act, had a hold, that you would bring your release now. You would bring your release, that you bring healing, that you bring wholeness, that you bring freedom, and that you bring a spirit of generosity that reflects our Father's heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. like my ordinary daughter, <laughs> self-confessed. <laughs> I, I think there are two groups of people that the Father wants to talk to as well. And there's a first group whose heart just burns for the lost. Um, or you've got a spark in there and you don't know it. So when you're listening to Denise's dream, something flickered inside you and you didn't know what that was. Um, but, but the ones who particularly that burn for the lost who know it. Um, I've got a sense that some of you are disheartened and um, uh, Jesus sees you. And um, yeah, and for those of you who's, there's a spark there and you don't know what it is or it's it's still small, uh, this, this the prayer will be for you. That's that first group. Um, and the second uh, group is for those of you who have some sort of um, something that's come through your Christian heritage that's a bar barrier between you and the Father. You know, that something that um, you know has been handed down to you, perhaps something you've experienced, and that simplicity of just talking to the Father and hearing His voice is something that you don't experience, um, and y some of you really know it. And some of you don't, actually. Um, so I'm going to pray for those two groups. Father, we, I just thank you that at the very heart of your, um, if you could be said to have DNA, is the, the absolute um, hunger for the lost, that, that you're the one that sweeps out the corners of the house and finds the lost coin. Yeah, you... you um, yeah, and you celebrate. Um, 
and that Jesus' defining moment was when he read the, the scroll and said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost in your presence. You know, this has been fulfilled, he said. His mission was to seek and save. And so I just want to want you to strengthen those who that's their, the way you've made them and to remind them that you see them and to not lose heart and, and, to, and to get organised in their lives around that as their Christian mission to, to find ways, creative ways in you. And Father, for those for whom there's a flickering flame there that they don't even, maybe don't even know, I just pray you'd breathe on them. Just breathe on them, Holy Spirit. Just breathe on them and fan that flame into life. Yeah. Um, so we just ask for more and increase in those maybe who don't even know it that that's their call. Mm. And and for the second group that that, that struggle um, with the intimacy that the Father um, has for them, I, I just want to say um, that this is the Christian walk. This is what Jesus modelled, that he only did and said what the Father showed him and told him that you can have it, that Jesus is the example through the Holy Spirit, that you can have that direct, intimate connection with the Father. And I, I just want to break the lie that you need to do anything. That I just want to break that, that law, that legalism, that performance that, that you felt you needed to adopt. He sees you and he's waiting for you. So I just break that in the name of Jesus. And for those of you who do not know that you're carrying that, I'm asking the Holy Spirit just to increase in you a hunger for the, for the intimacy that the Father has for you. More, Father. More. Amen. I feel that the Father wants to release vision, but before he can do that, we have to, um, some of us acknowledge that um, we're limiting that in our own lives, whether it's through um, feeling that our circumstances just um, stop him acting um, in big ways in our lives, or uh, whether it's the view of ourselves that we put restraints um, on God and whether that, um, I'll just pray you for that. <laughs> um, Father, I thank you that you are a um, God of um, extraordinary greatness, um, insurpassable um, greatness, that you are wonderful, um, that you are the God of... Um, Salvation is your big thing um, in individual lives and in just saving us from um, personal circumstances as well. And Father, I just want to um, break off any fear that we have, any uh, lack of trust in you as Father God. Um, any worry about money, um, any comfort that we're clinging to because it feels safe. Um, 
anything that denies the power of God acting in our lives and limiting him to act. I just want to break each of those things off all of us and um, just for us to confess those just in the silence if if they're things that you're holding on to and they're limiting God. Father, as you've heard those words spoken silently to you, I ask that you would replace those with an increased vision, an increased view of who you are as our Father God, that you are good, you are always good, that you are a great um, provider and that you're a great protector and that you have designed amazingly huge things for each of our lives and for us as a church as YVV you have the impossibility is possible with Mm -hmm. you so I just want to release vision uh, mountaintop vision uh, eagle's eye vision of you know um, what each of our lives can be He's designed us for more than what we are right at this very moment. And I just released an increasing vision for each of us. And he's wants more for this church yeah. than what it is right at this very moment. And I release an increasing vision um, and perspective on that. So we ask for bigger dreams, Father, mm. for more bolder dreams mm. and to go to wider and deeper places, Father. And the people said, Amen. You may be seated if you need to just sit for the moment. Thank you. Let's give it a round of applause for these souls. Break.